Welcome to another earth-shattering, life-changing edition of Stefan and Friends. I am Stefan. Um, back again. No friends. But we're working on it. I promise you that is the truth. It is not a lie. I have had conversations with people. I have people who are ready to go. We're getting there. Don't worry. Friends will be coming. But for now, we're still in the solo days of Stefan and Friends. Last week, we dropped the episode Race in Ministry. That is part one because there will be a part two, probably a part three, probably a part four, maybe even a part five. Hopefully, we'll have a round table. Like I think Race in Ministry is a hot conversation, a conversation that we need to have. And I have had some really cool chats with people in the DMs, on the IG, uh, face-to-face conversations with people. It's actually rather interesting, um, the conversations I have with people who are in the ministry, who are in the fellowship as ministers, and people who are in the fellowship but don't really lead. Uh, They're more of the pew sitters, or sorry, chair sitters, if your church has pews, though, shout out to you guys. Listen, these kids, kids today need to understand that pews are still cool. Shout out to those churches with pews. But if you have theater seating, shout out to you as well. But it's actually very interesting, the vast differences. And it's people who generally come from the same sort of conservative, non-person of color background. Uh, but it's interesting so I, I really appreciate the conversations and some of the responses, some of the feedback I've had on race and ministry. And we'll talk about that a little bit more because I think race and ministry, especially in our fellowship, in our context in Canada here, I think it's something that's going to continue to pop up because as we become more of a globalized nation, and what do I mean by globalized? I mean, people are immigrating to Canada. Uh, I think that we need to continue to look at this conversation. How do we do a better job of that? And how do we do a job, do a good job of promoting equality amongst races in in our midst, in our fellowship and in our in our churches? And I when I talk about race and ministry, I'm talking about at all levels. I'm talking the youth pastor, the kids pastor, the lead pastor. Right. I, I like I said in that episode, we I take a look at like the senior level leaders you know, senior level being lead or executive or assistant. And I think, mm, we don't really see a lot of a lot of people of color in those positions. And I think it's incumbent on people who are in leadership now to make sure that that message of, hey, how do we promote race in ministry? That message filters down to our boards, our committees, right? People who are in charge of making hiring decisions. We need to have these conversations it's also a strategic one as well like is as long as we live in urban centers toronto montreal vancouver calgary edmonton like the big cities no offense if you're not a big city if i didn't mention your city but i'm I'm just talking about like urban centers big cities whatever you know and you might be a big city in your province i live in the gta so toronto is the big city. There is an importance to recognizing that the people you want in your church need to look on the platform and recognize and see, hey, there's someone like me here, someone who understands me. And as long as we don't have these conversations, we will miss out on that. I think a great one of the responses I got is that, hey, we have, you know, people of color leading our worship. And my point and my usual pushback to that is 
that's not good enough because of the way I look at it, the way I see it is we have people who love the talent of people of color and specifically I am going to say specifically because I am a black person. We love the talent that black people bring, but we don't love the leadership skills or the mindset that they bring to our churches. And so in order for these things to change, we need to have these conversations more. And so, hey, part two, part three, part four, part five, those will be coming down the pipe at some point in time. But today on this episode, and before we actually get into the episode, I want to also remind you, hey, like, share, and subscribe, follow on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Substack as well. And if you're on my Substack, I'll write a couple articles every now and then. I haven't written in a while, but there are some articles in there talk about nepotism and maybe we'll have an episode on nepotism uh, because I, you know, I have some thoughts, but I also want to have the conversation with someone who is a kid's pastor because, or sorry, not a kid's pastor, but a pastor's kid, because I recognize that you carry a, a last name, but at the same time, there's probably more pressure because of that name. Whereas someone like me, like, you know, I probably would have less pressure because my last name isn't known. And so I think there's there's an interesting dynamic there. Um, but at the same time, I also recognize that there are a lot of people who get ministry jobs over probably more qualified people, and they really don't deserve it, but all they get is their last name. And so, hey, that is the name of the game. It's not really fair at times, but what do we do? We hope one day the Lord will rectify this, or we work until we found a proper solution. And I don't know what the solution is to nepotism. I don't even know if there's a good solution to race in ministry. But we're here to have the conversations. That's what Stefan and Friends is really about. We're going to drop conversations. We're going to share leadership things. And as we go along on this journey, really looking forward to a lot of those. So like, share, subscribe. I on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Substack. And on my Substack, you're going to see different people that I that like, you know, that I that I read. And so give them a like, give them a follow. In fact, read what they read, right? Like read what I read, but then read what they're reading. That'll expand the horizon. That'll expand the view. Today, I want to talk about something that is important to me. And I think it's important to a lot of leaders as well. I just, I I, I think it's a conversation that we need to have on a bigger scale. And I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on some of these topics. Like, you know, how do we solve race in ministry? Is the goal to have like a Rooney rule? And if you don't know what the Rooney rule is, it's a rule in the NFL where where organizations, if they're looking for a head coach, they must at least interview a person of color, especially if they're qualified. Right. And and I think it's the same. Do we need that in our churches? I don't know. Is the is the is the is the answer to some of our problems more regulation? I don't know. I think we have a lot of people in leadership. And when I say in leadership, I don't just mean pastors. I mean boards as well, right? Like we have a lot of people in leadership who bring their own sort of biases to things. Like I talked to someone on one search committee and he's like, I don't believe in female pastors. And so for me, that's a non-starter. And I, I was like, oh, okay. So you're biased. So you probably shouldn't be on a committee, especially a search committee trying to find a pastor. But that but again, how do we solve that? How do we how do we break those things down? And we're going to get into that conversation of women in leadership in ministry. Uh not today. Today I want to talk about mentoring. I know it's not as it's not as sexy as race. 
but I think mentoring is important. And remember that episode I talked about mind the gap and sort of how do we fix some of the issues that we have with our pipelines and, you know, where our next generation of leaders coming from and things like that. I think one of the things that we are lacking sorely, and I think it really needs to be something structured, um, is mentoring, especially in pastoral ministry, especially in our churches. We need mentoring. It, it is vitally important. One of the things that I think we do a terrible job of, or at least I, not we, I'm going to say from my perspective in my church, we do a terrible job of, uh, and we've actually started to rectify this. We've started to make some changes to do a better job of this, is when people get married, we marry them and then we just leave them. We leave them to figure it out. And every now and then someone will come come alongside and be like, hey, you have some issues. Let me help you out. But But that's not good enough. We need to do a better job of mentoring and not just in marriage, but in all aspects of ministry specifically. I'm talking pastoral leadership again. One of the things that was very crucial for me in my in my upbringing, especially at the time where, where I was just sort of trying to figure out what to do with my life. What do I do with this call? Was that I had people in my life that I could go to who would walk alongside me or people better yet who I could walk alongside of people who taught me like there's there's a famous not famous I don't mean like famous as in like hey TMZ's but there's a picture of of myself and one of my mentors uh shout out Chris Chase uh he was my youth pastor back in the day we're we're I think we we're at a convention and we're literally just walking together and someone took this picture, but our, our, our feet are in such alignment, like we're stepping together. See, that's important to me because Chris mentored me. Chris, Chris really taught me a lot about ministry. We were sitting down uh, a couple weeks ago and we were, it was convention time. And I was just talking about, yeah, how I sort of laid out my convention budget. <laughs> and, and, and Chris was like, I taught you well. Because the idea of how I approach convention, their transportation, all that stuff, that I got firsthand from from him. It's that it's that mentorship that is so important. It's so important for us as leaders, and we need to do a better job of that. And so I want to talk about that today because I think we have dropped the ball in mentorship, especially in ministry. We've dropped that ball, and I think that is a part of our issues today is that we don't why aren't why are we struggling to find people why aren't people lasting and so as we go through this conversation again one way conversation i apologize for now um i, I want to highlight a couple things that i think are vastly important that we need to do and hopefully we can start to do it now before we do that i think it's important to understand that not everybody can mentor not everybody has that gifting or that ability. I think it's a gift and an ability. I think the ability side can be worked on. It might not be your gift, but I think the ability can be worked on. I think that we we can learn how to be mentors. Not necessarily like, hey, you're going to mentor like 15 people at a time, but maybe one or two, right? Like maybe one or two over over your lifetime. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it like... But I think we can all do that. I think it can happen at all levels, right? Like I talked about being mentored when I was a youth, when I was in youth min. 
like uh, as a student and then progressing and having people in my life that I can go to. And I still have people in my life that I go to today. Those, those are like the people who can speak into me. Right, those are people who can impart their wisdom, their knowledge, their experience and skills to the next generation. And those are the people who have done that for me. Those are so crucial, so key. There are people that that I go to when I'm mad, people I go to like when I'm good, like so helpful, so important. And I think that we have done some bit of dissatis nah, dissatisfaction is not the word, a disservice to leaders, especially young leaders, when we don't provide them that that um, that mentoring. And so that's why I kind of say it needs to be sort of a structured process. We need to establish a group of people who can who can be mentors. Obviously, easier said than done, because we've got to find the right person. We've got to find the right people. And so I'm not here to propose a system um, and say, hey, this is the this is the way I'm here to say this is a conversation we need to have. A mentor is someone who supports another believer, friend, fellow worker. Um, and, and that's done through relationship, long-term relationship, developmental growth. And, and Jesus, Jesus mentored people. Paul mentored people, right? Jesus mentored the, the disciples. Paul, he had people that he, Barnabas, Timothy, right? Like these are people that the disciples, Barnabas, Paul, uh, Timothy, these are people who were able to walk with people long term, who were able to walk with long, people long term and learn how to do things, learn, you know, from experience. I think back to now, I again, like I said, I'm very, I'm fortunate. I had mentors. You know, the church I grew up in was a big church. So there, there was a lot of people. And again, a big multicultural church. Leadership was diverse. People were able to speak into my life who sort of understood one the pitfalls and the road the the um the landmines that come with being in a a predominantly white fellowship, but there are also people who were able to see a call in my life. If we don't mentor, I believe we are actually being disobedient. I don't know if it's a sinful disobedience, but I think we're we're being disobedient and we're causing ourselves problems and we're affecting our pipeline in a negative way. M- mentoring is a significant part of the DNA of our of churches. When young people are able to work alongside old people, when young people are able to walk alongside old people, I think that that is a bit of what God intended, especially as the body of believers, as the church. Because we say stupid things like, hey, you need to you need to go get experience or you need to go and go far away and go go learn somewhere far away. When realistically, people don't need to go anywhere to learn. They should be able to come and learn. And I'm talking in the pastoral leadership sense. I'm talking like, hey, in the church ministry context, people should be able to learn right where they are. People should be able to get their experience from someone who's been through it. And, and you know, when we don't do that, I think the way that we've set up ourselves in some 
sort of in, in some fashions actually does a disservice to us as well. That's why I think we need to have some sort of structured sort of, of thing. That's why I think that we need to be more intentional in mentoring. That's why I think the people who have the gifts and abilities need to need to be elevated. No offense. If you don't have them and if you're not into it, cool. That's one thing. But the people who are into it, the people who are doing it, those are the people we need to elevate. Those are the people we need to be like, hey, listen, we need you to do a little bit more. I think that that is that is is so crucial, so key. And to be honest, not everybody can mentor. There are people you don't want to be your mentor. There are people you don't want to learn from. And that's important too, is that we, as and again, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I don't know what the, the, the line is for young leaders. I'm 33, but I've been leading in ministry for the last 13 years. So am I a young leader? I guess I'm a young leader by age, but maybe not by experience. Maybe I should be mentoring people. I don't know. Um, but that is what's going to help our young leaders. That is how, you know, the 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 influence and the that is how things get passed down is through mentorship. And we need that. We need mentors. We need, you know, we need the seasoned leaders to take time to share their wisdom and skills so that the next generation of leaders can also be effective in 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 ministry and preaching so that the church can remain strong and progressive. Listen, I, I've served with people who aren't mentors. They, it's just not in them. It's not in their DNA. And so to the, to the leader who is leading and you, you are under someone who can't mentor you or isn't able to, or doesn't want to, that's when you got to go and find somebody who can mentor you. Go and find someone that you can just, just talk with, who can share with you, who can help you. I'm grateful for the people that I've been able to go to and be like, hey, share with me, talk with me, help me to understand if I'm doing something wrong. Help me to understand if I'm seeing this wrong. Share with me what you've done. Share with me what you've gone through. Help me. Those are the people that I have in my life who have been able to sort of form my, I guess, for better lack of a better term, philosophy of ministry. Those are the people that I've gone to that have helped me like look at things and be like, okay, this might not work the way I think it is, but this experience happened and it worked. And so let me learn from this experience that my mentor shared with me, right? Like I think that that mentoring is what really forms us. Don't get me wrong. Bible college is important. Don't get me wrong. Going to school is important. That is important. Very important. But it's that mentoring. It's that one-on-one time. It's that ability to just sit down and, and lay out thoughts, feelings, ideas to get that, that feedback. I think that is crucial. I think that is helpful. I think that is something that we are lacking. And like I said, not everybody can mentor, not everybody can do it, but I think we need to, like I said, we need to raise up, identify those people who can do it, those people who are doing it. And maybe they're doing it on the DL because time doesn't allow them to mentor as many people. That's cool. But in order for us to sort of fix our pipeline, not only do we need to mentor our, our leaders coming out of college or coming out of the Bible college, but I think we need to mentor in our own churches as well. And, and so we talk about the leadership pipeline in terms of who's going to our Bible colleges, but leaders don't necessarily always have to go straight to Bible college. Leaders don't even need to be pastors. Leaders can be right in your church, that person who's faithfully serving in Sunday school. 
right? Helping the kid. You know, what's cool is one of the, like, one of my thoughts, of, especially with kids ministry uh, or with my daughter, she's three now and she goes to Sunday school and the, the Sunday school teacher, the same lady that taught my wife and I when we were kids is teaching my daughter. There's a faithfulness to that. There's a faithfulness to to her desire to say, I'm going to serve my church in this way. And we need to find a way to partner people like that with up and coming people in our church who might not ever go into vocational ministry, but do want to serve in the church. We need people who are willing to do that. And then let's take it a next step further. We need people who are seasoned believers, people who have been in church almost their entire life. I'm talking about they they walk in church and they just know church. They are church people. They have been following Jesus for years. We need to partner those people with new believers. As And as leaders, we need to be very intentional with partnering those people with new believers. That's the only way that really we're going to see growth in people because we can't put it all on pastors. We can't put it all on uh, our boards, depending on what type of church you have. Your board might be a part of that process or your board might be totally useless when it comes to ministry. But we can't put it on just the the pastoral leadership and the board leadership of a church. Every believer plays a role in mentoring. Every believer plays a role in mentoring. And so we need to um, be intentional in mentoring. We need to be intentional in how we go about sharing with people. Because that's how we can transfer our skills and our knowledge. Our failure in mentoring and being intentional in mentoring. And I don't even mean this from the leadership sense. Just in the church sense. Our failure, we see that in the declining numbers of people coming to church and and people becoming Christians. Why do I say that? Uh, because we're not building personal relationships. We're as leaders, we're just happy people accept Jesus and then, you know, we leave them. No, not saying all. I'm being very very broad and general with what I say. But I think there are eight things that we can do um to make m- mentoring successful and this applies all across the board, whether you're in church leadership, whether you're just a attender of church and somehow you managed to find this podcast, or, heck, you might be in the business sense. But here are eight things that I kind of come up with that I think can help us listening. Man, if you want to really impact the next generation, you need to listen. That is like number one. Here's how you know someone is not fit for lead, for mentoring. Okay, here's how. If they talk more than they listen... They can't, they can't, they can't, they're not going to do it. They're not going to be able to because listening says, I am going to put myself second. Second is, is, and this really applies to the church, but, um, how often is your mentor or how often is someone uh, praying for you? That's what a good mentor does. Are they spending time in prayer for you? Cause if they are that, that they take that, that their role seriously, we, we need to be sincere in our in our journey, does a mentor let you see what what upsets them? Does a mentor let you see flaws and how you deal with them? A good mentor questions. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, I've, you know, I can verbal diarrhea. 
I think a lot of pastors can verbal diarrhea at times. Uh, but I can just say things. I can just talk and talk and talk and talk. But a good mentor will ask questions. A good mentor will say, hey, hold on. What do you mean by that? Because it forces, and I try to do this sometimes as well, when people, well, I'm talking to people and I don't know if I'm mentoring them, but just sort of counseling. Counseling's not the word. Um, advising is just force people to be critical of themselves for a moment. Self-reflection. Another one is a mentor teaches. Mentor will will teach you things. Like literally, I, I've sat down with people and they literally have taught me things. Like just flat out like taking me to school and taught me something. And that's important too because we need some. <laughs> nobody has it all figured out, but you will learn things. Maybe it's through a book. Maybe it's through whatever. But sometimes, a good or not sometimes, good mentors will teach you things. A mentor is always going to um, give you options, not answers. I, I love having conversations with my mentors and not getting a direct answer, but really helping my perspective to see different options. Because a good mentor will guide rather than direct. A mentor also will, will set a good pace shows you you know how how, sometimes it's necessary to go faster slower and mentoring will also um, prevent you from being an echo of yourself right like a mentor isn't there to you know help you improve just who you are and let you live with your own ideas but a mentor is going to help you to stop you from being your own echo chamber, right? It's not what a mentor is there for. I think mentoring is so vastly important and it's age old. Like people have walked with people for years and it's crazy because corporations have set up mentoring partnerships or mentoring uh, systems because they see the value in it. And the church should be leading the way because look, look at the Bible, look at how it was done. Look at, you know, Paul and all these people. In fact, God tells to Moses, right? Like men 25 years old shall come to work and take part in the work of the meeting. But at the age of 50, they should retire from service. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean they like end their work, but they they walk into a new phase. They walk into something different. Mentoring is how we as young leaders are able to to learn judgment, wisdom, and skills. God has ordained this in a way. So maybe you're you're leading and you're not a good mentor. So find somebody who can be a good mentor and help other people, right? Like, like I said, not everybody is going to be a good mentor. Not everybody's going to be an effective mentor. But find somebody, and I think this is incumbent on our senior leaders. Not all senior leaders can be good mentors it's just not possible but maybe find someone who can be a good mentor there's a youth pastor on a staff somewhere or a kids pastor on a staff somewhere who's serving they're fresh into the ministry and their lead pastor either a can't mentor them a doesn't have the skill b doesn't have the skill or c just doesn't have the time which if you don't have the time as lead pastor to mentor your staff i really think you need to take a time allocation class as opposed to <laughs> anything else. Um, 
then find somebody who can find a retired pastor. I, I believe so strongly in utilizing our retired pastors because they've seen a lot. They've done a lot. They've experienced a lot. And while it might not always translate into our society and culture, there's always things that can be picked up. Let's get those people involved. And then if you're if you're being mentored, remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about improving. We're learning. Don't idolize a mentor, though. Respect them. Put into effect what you're learning. Learn, practice, assimilate. Ask critical thinking questions. Uh, expect accountability. Expect to be held accountable. Account- <laughs> expect to be held to an account of what you're doing. I think this is important. Man, I, I can't wait to have this conversation with a couple of people. Because I've talked about mentorship with people before. Um, I've talked about it. I've made noise about it. Y'all, if you follow me on the Twitter, which I don't know if you should do that, because I say I say a lot more things with a lot more uh, <laughs> flagrant uh, flagrancy. I don't even know if that's a word. Again, none, nothing that we talk about here is, is like, hey, I have a hot take and I'm just going to spit it off my chest and I'm just going to yell about it. It's all looking forward and how do we do better? I said this in a sermon I preached a couple weeks ago. I still believe that the Lord has a plan for the Pentecostals of this country. And so in saying that, I'm willing to work on and point out and help work on the issues that face us so that we can be better equipped for what is to come. Better equipped for the next generation of leaders. I really don't want to be doing this when I'm 65. I don't want to be in ministry when I'm 65. And by ministry, I mean full-time. I don't want to be in ministry when I'm 60, to be honest with you. 55, really. Maybe even 50. I really would love to rather cheer on the next generation. As I sit now, I I see people in our Bible college. I'm like, oh boy, I I want to work with that person. Man, I, I know that there are people in our Bible college, even now, I saw a video on the Instagram uh, of people, and I'm like, yo, that person would be dope to work with, because I can just see their mind at work. Maybe I think weird. No, no, not maybe. I know I think weird, but man, I can't wait for some of these kids to come out of the Bible college. Boy, I, man, some of these kids are going to be dynamite, just based on what I've seen, what I've heard. Oh, boy, and we need to make sure that they're mentored up. Oh, we need to make sure that they are given every poured into. And I think that is going to be amazing. I have talked for a long time today. Listen, if you are a mentor, thank you so much for just pouring into people. If you are a mentee, I think you're going to reap the reward, the benefit of being in relationship with someone who you have allowed to pour into you. If you're looking for a mentor, keep looking. They're there. They might not post everything about themselves on the IG. They might not be on on, you know, social media, but they are there. They are there are people who you want to learn from. There are people who you want to glean from. So I I encourage you to keep looking. Ask people. One of the cool things about being in ministry is that pastors talk. And so, you know, if you're looking for somebody, reach out. I know a few people, you know, that you would love to hear from. 
who would be able to offer you some real, just real cool advice, help you. And if you're someone who, you know, you want a mentor and you're not sure how, just <laughs> go find somebody and say, hey, I want to pour into you. Remember, you got to listen more than you talk. This has been Stefan and Friends feedback. If you got pushback, talk to your boy. Reach out to me. I'm on the Twitter. I'm on the IG. I'm out here on the Facebook. Hit me up. On IG, it is Stefan and Friends. All one word, actual and not nothing else. Stefan and Friends on IG. Twitter at Stefan Watson23, I think is my IG. Substack, stefanowatson.substack.com. Let us talk about these things. Let us brainstorm about these things. And let us think about how we can be better going forward. I'll see you next week. When we talk about race and ministry, I know that that always, you know, people, white people, I'm going to be honest, it's really white people. The conversation about race is not meant to demonize white people all the time. It's not meant to be like, hey, you guys are the worst. That's not what the, or at least... Hey, listen, that's not what I'm intending the conversation to be. I just think that there are people who get upset at the conversation and there's no need to. We want you to lean in. That's the whole point is let's have the conversation. Let's actually talk about it. Because there are perspectives that not everybody really recognizes. And I think that that the the conversation with race is that people they i'm not picking on white people i'm not picking on white people this week but people get oh no we can't talk about race we can't do that and we can't well hold on we should talk about these things you want to know why the church needs to talk about these things is because these are things affecting the outside world and the church as i say this all the time in conversations with people the church needs to be leading the way and we have allowed society to lead the way on things. And then the church shows up late to the party. Right? We talk about, you know, justice, justice issues in, in 2023. And if you talk about and now the church has taken on, not even church really, but, you know, we've allowed, the word woke nowadays is is not, anyway, let me not. We got to do part two. I tried to I tried to to take a little bit of time in the in the in the in the overtime segment of this podcast to talk about it but we got to do we gotta, we're going to have to have another conversation on race in ministry because it's a big conversation it needs to happen and I'm here to be the one and to be fair let all y'all know I do do work I said do do I do work with our national office with our leaders and leaders around the country and how do we address this for the sake of hey let's be better i read from the memphis manifesto last week and i think a lot of people 
in our fellowship have probably never read that. You want to know how I, because I've never read it. <laughs> that was the first time I read the whole thing through and through. And I was like, oh man, we're a part of the PCCNA and this is what we believe in. Never read it before. All right. Overtime done. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Not yet. Not yet. I'm still reading Leadership Pain. Like it is a slow burn. It is so good. I wish I like I said before. I wish I'd read it before, man. That book, who? There's a lot in there, and it's really changed the way I I sort of look at things. I think it's important. So listen, if you haven't picked it up yet, Leadership Pain by Samuel Chand. Go get it. Read it. Read it with your teams. Read it with people, man. This is a book. It's a good book to share with others. It's a good book to learn and grow in. All right, that's it. Overtime done. Peace out.